Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jerry Levine, the Chief Evangelist and General Counsel at Contract Pod AI, a legal technology company focused on contract lifecycle management. Jerry, how are you? I'm doing great, Ari. How are you? It's good to see you again. It's great to see you. I'm doing great. I'm excited for this conversation. So tell us about your background and your role at ContractPod AI. I feel like I live my best life now because I am a complete computer geek and also a lawyer, and I get to have the best of everything I like doing. So you're right. I'm I'm chief evangelist and general counsel. At this point, I have so many titles, so much fun that I, I get mixed up all the time, which gives me the chance to not only talk about how amazing legal technology is, including ContractPod AI, but also continue to practice law, which I really like. And how did I end up here? It's been a lot of mistakes, a lot of good moves, a lot of luck, and figuring out early that technology and law could go well together. So after I made the first mistake of volunteering to do e-discovery at my first job, I learned that there was a whole lot out there that could be done with law and technology. And since then, I've focused on bringing them together. How have you seen the use of technology, including artificial intelligence, among legal professionals impact their work, but also the work-life balance that so many are struggling to maintain? Lawyers are well known for not working hard and only doing a few hours of work a week, as we all know. But seriously, we look at our friends in law firms, we look at our colleagues who have spent 80, 90, 100 hours a week working, hitting these billables. And this is, leads to a lot of burnout for my friends, for your friends, I'm sure you've seen it too. And so we've really got to a point where technology, including artificial intelligence and machine learning, gives us the ability to improve the work-life balance. So, you know, in-house, the rise of using AI and technology has allowed for legal teams to focus on more strategic initiatives and more strategic work. And for law firms, I think it's given them an ability to go and show that they're not old fuddy-duddies who are working by candlelight in their log cabins, but really that they can rise to the occasion and solve these problems. But ultimately, all of this is about bringing legal, which and legal department and lawyers themselves, from this view that lawyers are separate from the rest of the business, separate from everybody, uh, especially in-house, of course, to being a real part of the business. Because these tools now don't just need to sit down and be usable by law legal teams. They need to be accessible to the entire organization that needs access. You mentioned at the outset your experience with eDiscovery. How are these teams actually deploying some of this technology to their advantage? I came into eDiscovery as a very, very junior lawyer. I worked on probably what was the largest discovery case of its time. The law firm, the discovery process came in, took three years. The firm was making a million dollars a day for three years doing eDiscovery. Today, if you brought that to someone and you said, oh, it's going to be a million dollars a day for three years, you would get laughed out of their office. Uh, you would probably be shot into the moon, most likely. So there's two different things. We've got 
this idea that you have to use the technology and understand how it works, but also you've got to bring what you know and be willing to grow and adapt to these changes. You know, five years ago, if you told me, hey, we're using AI to assist with e-discovery or that, I would have said, oh, so you're using it to try to pull out terms and then hopefully match them. Same thing with CLM. Five years ago, AI meant, okay, I can extract one of 10 clauses and tell you if it meets something. We've come so far and the process is still growing. Should law schools adapt their curricula now to shift in respect to technology usage? It's really timely that you ask this because Bloomberg Law, without even asking me, stole my thunder on the question this morning because they did a really interesting piece about law schools that are now involving technology. Right now, I've got a legal extern. I've got the first legal extern from University of California School of Law focused on legal tech. So there's a number of professors and schools out there that are, are really working hard to integrate technology and law into the curriculum. So UC Hastings, University of California School of Law, Professor Alice Armitage is there. At Vanderbilt, there's Professor Kat Moon, a Professor Kalarusu at Suffolk University. At Emory, there's Professor Nicole Morris. But a lot of them still aren't that far along the curve. And so when we say legal technology to them, a lot of these students are still thinking, oh, you mean Lexis and Westlaw and research tools. And as my extern said on the first day of work, he said, oh, my God, there's so much more out here than just learning how to do legal research. There's tools that are helping you determine the value and need for a contract. There's tools that are helping you determine that are helping assign and bucket knowledge. You know, we've got, even got tools now with ContractPod AI, we can tell you what's in a contract, give you risk scoring, suggest alternative phrasing, give you all of this information. So the law schools, I do believe, while they're adding courses on AI and technology policy and algorithmic justice, they're focused still on the book learning of legal. And what we know is that more and more lawyers and law students, legal professionals, allied professionals need to know more about legal technology as the way you and I phrase it, which is contract lifecycle management or CLM, spend management. So we're seeing this change in the curriculum across law schools to accommodate for this industry shift. One really interesting thing, there has been a push across the U.S. to make technology competence more than just what it is right now in the ABA model rules. So if you've ever looked at the model rules, lawyers need to have a a knowledge of technology. But there is a push recently to get that to be lawyers need to be familiar with technology, not just knowledge that computers exist, but that email comes in a PST. And if you're going to do something, your provider may say, zip it up into a PST, which makes no sense. But for those of you, I just combined two storage mechanisms, a zip file and a PST file. But to have more than just a passing awareness, but actual familiarity with what you're doing as a lawyer with technology. So I do think it's something that's going to pick up, it's going to have to shift because some of these old methods of doing it, I will tell you the last time I've been in a law library was the day I graduated law school. And since then, legal research is all online. I barely touch paper contract. We all do it in Word with CLM. So these all have to be knowledgeable, all have to be aware of these tools that are out there. 
I was on a webinar today and the idea of how extensively should a lawyer understand the algorithms behind some of these applications came up and it was a really robust discussion. So if we move on from law school, how do you think practicing lawyers and legal professionals should prepare for all of these changes and how technology is being deployed? The biggest barrier, and what I was going to make a joke that I was surprised you were on a webinar because gosh, are you not a very extroverted person out there in legal technology? I messed up my own joke, so we can leave that in. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I jumped ahead of my joke. I came back and now you're now taking I'll go advantage of the again. brick wall for yourself. Yeah, you know, for those of you who are listening beforehand, if you're listening to this and you're not watching it, Ari's got a big brick wall behind him. He looks like he's <laughs> doing a stand-up <laughs> routine at a comedy club. And I'm just sitting here with a little lamp and a window and some cat on my background. But going back to your question, which is really how do lawyers prepare for these changes in technology? I really do. I think technology competence is becoming more and more of a requirement for lawyers and legal professionals, allied professionals to have. Part of that is the rise of legal operations and having folks that focus on making these operational changes to law departments and making them better. But oftentimes, you mentioned algorithms, lawyers and folks that work with them, they don't know that these things even exist. If you ask someone, how does Facebook work? You know, they may go magic, which is also my answer to most of my criminal law hypos in law school, since we're going back all the way to when I was graduating. Start learning about what's out there. Attend your CLEs, go to events that go on that focus on technology and law. Because even if you don't need to know it now, there's going to come up a, a time when you do. And you may not need to know the details on how an algorithm works. And if you don't know what an algorithm is, there's a number of different ways. There are ways you process data. There are ways you solve a problem. So, but Or there are ways you present information to people. So all of these come up and you start learning at it. So you have to learn from leaders that already, are, already have this technological perspective. You have to Look at some of the forward-thinking law firms out there that are adopting them. Talk to your peers and say, what have you encountered lately? And of course, attend these conferences. Ari and I see each other all the time. We obviously travel in the same circles. We're both here in North Jersey, so we're driving down the street and, oh, hey, Ari. Hey, Jerry. So we're a little closer than, than you might imagine. But to that end, even getting through these basic tasks of, of just what's going on, what happened in legal tech, searching for legal tech, or even typing into Google or Bing and saying, what's new in legal technology and reading for five, 10 minutes, you'll catch up on a number of things. Not everyone needs to be a legal technology expert or even a technology expert, but you have to have some familiarity, some knowledge of what's going on. Is there a, a piece of technology or an application you wish you had when you started to practice? I mentioned earlier that I had a a weird, strange course in law. I actually started out as a litigator and I made the mistake of being the youngest person at my firm, which meant that when I said, do you know what Facebook is? And the partners told me to download Facebook and I said, all of it, they're like, yes. And I, I got myself into both my first promotion and a heap of trouble on day one. I would say that some of the tools that I wish were available then that are available now are those that focus on 
natural language questioning. You know, as a litigator, I would be on Westlaw and Lexis, and we had to have terms and connectors. Now you can type in more natural language search terms like, what is a case in Delaware that covers director privilege? But beyond that, we've come so much further than I thought lawyers would do because there is a generational shift in the in the profession as well. And we're seeing younger lawyers come in. We're seeing younger GCs start taking over the roles, millennials. And even I even met my first, I guess, Generation Z general counsel a few weeks ago. And, you know, we're seeing and there's a big focus on how do we bring the technology that we're using everywhere else into our lives. So is there something very specific that I could use? I really like that word now tries to correct my grammar. It's a little thing, but as a baby litigator at the time, having someone tell me this is not professional sounding as I'm typing it might have been a really real uh, lifesaver in some of my first briefs I wrote. Going to more of a transactional perspective, deal-proofing software has really come a long way. Contract lifecycle management tools with AI extraction, automated playbooks, all of that, the stuff that we're building here at ContractPod AI is really light years beyond anything I thought we would have, at least in legal, 15, 16 years ago. How do you see the way law firms and corporate legal departments use legal technology evolving? Again, a really interesting question because I just did a session with another big name in legal tech recently. And one of the questions is, is are law firms really meeting the need technically? And it's interesting with these tools, and it's interesting to say that the the numbers have actually come down since 2020 because everybody did the shift during the initial portion of the pandemic and people were like, oh, my law firm's so tech savvy. And now what we're seeing is with return to office or these tools are no longer exactly the place where a business user, an outside at a company, even in-house counsel, they're expecting law firms to use the tools the way they have learned to use them because of the shifts that happened during the pandemic. So it was interesting to see the numbers had dropped significantly on this question of, I think my law firm uses technology adequately. But going to the other part of the question on what are we seeing at law departments, as I mentioned, we're seeing this movement of millennial and Gen Z into the into the C-suite, into the head of legal CLO and GC positions, and as well as taking the lead on these legal ops positions. So we're now seeing generations that have had computers their entire lives or most of their lives. I remember my first computer that I can recall was a Tandy 8088. For those of you who don't know, Tandy used to be a brand made at Radio Shack. And an 8088 was a processor made by Intel that you know, could do, I think, three instructions per second, but had no cache. The 8086 had a cache, so it could do a little better. And to be fair, I thought that was the coolest thing in my life at the time. And I was a three-year-old, maybe. So, but these emerging millennial and Gen Z leaders in in our profession, they're more familiar with technology. They're expecting to do things on their phones that our URI might have said, okay, I'll do that on my BlackBerry or I'll sit down on my computer. Nowadays, half my work, if I'm traveling, is an iPad or a phone. I barely bring a computer anywhere. That doesn't mean that all the folks, all, all of our colleagues, know how these technology tools work or 
that they're going to know how to use them, but there, there's a greater expectation that the tools will function like the other services they use daily. So just as I mentioned earlier, Westlaw and Lectins have taken more of a Google or Bing search methodology. Young lawyers and legal ops professionals are looking for tools that work the way they're used to working out there. They can move around with them. They can bring them home. They can work from anywhere. Partially, we're also seeing the rise of more legal automation, getting rid of these, I don't want to say mindless, but these low-level tasks that computers are really good at, but humans don't really want to do. So while they're important for juniors to learn, at a certain point, I don't want to go through, and you don't want to go through, and even they don't want to go through these tasks of find X clause across 50 documents. Because that can be something that can be done with AI, and they can do it quicker, they can find it, and they can focus on what they have to do after that, which is determine how we will get this clause modified across 50 different entities. So we're moving from this is busy work to where the computer's doing this low-level work, and then you are now spending time doing the high-level work that requires thinking. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jerry Levine, the Chief Evangelist and General Counsel at ContractPod AI, a legal technology company focused on contract lifecycle management. Jerry, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.